standing for life. Personally opposed does nothing to actually stand up for the protection of innocent human beings. It does nothing to help. It's coming from a place of pain and a culture full of broken psyches trying to cover up for the trauma of abortion and rejected motherhood. Standing for truth. You got three days in the belly of a giant fish trying to figure out why you went west when God specifically told you to go east. But we all do this. You're not going to confess something the priest has never heard. You haven't invented any new sins. Whatever your struggle, you're not alone. That's what Jesus came to do. He came to heal brokenness. This is Ready to Stand on the Spirit Catholic Radio Network. Here's your host, Colin Harrod. Hello and welcome to you. This is Ready to Stand, Spirit Catholic Radio Network. This is your home for a weekly discussion on how to build a culture of life. I am Colin Harold. Colin at KVSS.com is the email. If you want to chime in, send me your questions, send me your thoughts. C-U-L-L-E-N at KVSS.com. Thank you so much for tuning in this afternoon. We have talked on this program a lot over the past year about the importance of pregnancy help organizations and the role that they play both in the pro-life movement and in the post-Roe world that we now happily live in. And I'm happy to be joined today by Gay Tillotson. Gay is the executive director of the Collage Center, a nonprofit organization that offers complimentary community-funded medical services. Collage operates in Grand Island and in Kearney, Nebraska. And Gay Tillotson is kind enough to join me today to talk a bit about how she got involved in this work and also a little bit about the Collage Center as well. Gay, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. I really appreciate it. Well, good morning, Colin. Thank you so much for inviting me. It is a joy for sure. Well, I am really excited uh, to chat with you, and I'm excited to dig into the work that you do. But I want to start just a little bit with your story. Uh, we're going to start mm-hmm. with you. How did you get into this work, or how did it come about that you became involved with the Collage Center and the pro-life work that you do? Oh, I love that question. Um, it actually started, Colin, over 22 years ago. <laughs> I was working for a lady by the name of Dee Breston, and uh, she was a, a writer and a speaker, and we were doing a project with Kathy Tricoli. And for you older folks like me, <laughs> you might recognize Kathy's name. She is a recording artist. And we were doing a project with her. And as a result of the project we were doing with her, um, I got to know a song that she wrote called The Baby's Prayer. And it was written from the standpoint of a young child whose um, mom was about to make a choice, a desperate choice to end a pregnancy. And lo and behold, as a result of my relationship with Kathy, I got to know her cousin, who happened to be the uh, head of Rachel's Vineyard down in South Florida. And I got to know her name was Donna. And I got to know Donna and Donna's story of how she made a desperate choice at a young age to end a pregnancy because she felt like she didn't have any other option. And at that point in time, for me, gosh, a little over 22 years ago, um, not a lot of women talked about that. In fact, they still don't today. But back then, Donna was kind of my first entry into the hurt that women experience, that unexpected hurt. And it just opened my eyes to 
not only, um, we all know the loss of a child and we grieve over that, but I began to grieve over the pain that was caused to women and also to men who have been hurt by this choice, whether it was their own choice or a choice that was made for them. So as I spent time getting to know Donna, even developing a friendship with her, lo and behold, there was an effort here in, in my hometown, um, and they were um, looking for a director to help grow the ministry to be able to impact more women in the community and to be that safe place for those women who felt like ending their pregnancy was their only option. And uh, because I'd been in the community for a long time, the board approached me and said, would you consider being the new first ever paid staff person um, and really growing this ministry so we can impact more people and meet the growing needs in our community. And uh, golly, I didn't, uh, I didn't have to pray for a very long time, Colin, because God made it so clear to me that this is what he had built me for. I, I had somebody say to me when I took the job, she said, I, you know, I didn't know you were so passionate about babies. And to be real honest, I said, well, I, I'm not, I am, but I'm not. What I'm really passionate about is women and being able to release women to, to function the way that God designed them to, to function and to relate in society and within their families. And this was a tremendous opportunity to be able to work arm in arm with other women to help empower other women to help them to see their beauty and their value, no matter what choice they may have made in the past or what choice was made for them. And so that's how I got started in it all those years ago. And I just, uh, I just love it. What do you think? So you were talking about this friendship that you had with Donna and the post-abortion ministry. What do you think is like the biggest thing that you learned kind of seeing abortion through that angle, through the eyes of women who have been hurt by it. Yeah. Wow. I love that. And I could say, well, golly, we could have a whole program just on that. <laughs> but we, we have think, many programs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love the ministry. In fact, the um, after abortion care that we provide at collage, we, um, I've attended many Rachel Vineyard conferences and the gal that the gals that lead it now have as well. And we integrate a lot of the concepts and really try to create that environment for women to, first of all, um, understand and, and experience the forgiveness of God. And then to take it one step further and to actually forgive themselves. Because that's just something that most women are like, I can, I can never forgive myself for doing that. And then to take it even one step further, to be able to give women an opportunity, not just to, to mourn their, their sin, but to mourn the loss of their children. Something that not many women can ever give themselves permission to do. I worked with one woman and she said, for 25 years, after her abortion, she would not allow herself to cry because she knew if she started, she would never stop because of the grief that she had experienced. And 
So to be able to provide an atmosphere where women can go to those hard places and realize that their children really do deserve dignity and honor, what they've wanted to give them all along but wouldn't allow themselves to go there, women are empowered to be able to do that. And so not only then are they so excited about meeting Jesus face-to-face someday in heaven instead of feeling shame and guilt and remorse and like they don't deserve to see Jesus face-to-face in heaven. Not only are they excited about that, Colin, but they're excited to be reunited with their children, whether that's one, two, three, four, however many children that they have lost to abortion. It becomes an opportunity for them to look forward with such great anticipation. And it's, I mean, Rachel's Vineyard and, and, and efforts like Collage and so many other groups that provide that after abortion care, they are creating um, a beautiful greeting scene in heaven someday. And um, I just can't wait to, to experience that myself even. I so. think that one of the most powerful things that, that we can do is to give people permission to grieve. So I, I like what you said Absolutely. there. There was a woman who... 25 years she's been carrying it around with her and not allowing herself to cry and just think of the weight that that is on a person and then you can encounter her and you meet her maybe it's in a counseling setting whatever that setting might be you say you know what it's okay like i want to give you permission to acknowledge the life of your child that was lost and it's a complicated grief right through abortion um, but it's it's grief the same. And, you yeah, know, you can absolutely. grieve the child, you can grieve the motherhood, you can grieve all different kinds of things, maybe relationships that were lost. But just giving a woman or a couple or a man in some cases as well, right, right, the chance right. to grieve is just, it's so powerful. It's one of the most empowering things you can do for someone. Yeah, uh, I agree so much. And, you know, when I think about that too, it makes me think about, you know, what we... We all have an opportunity to be able to give the people that we rub shoulders with every day an opportunity to maybe step into that grief. And I feel like in in efforts like Rachel's Vineyard and in efforts like our after abortion healing retreat, um, um, it's really honestly one of my favorite parts of what what I get to do because it seems like at least from my experience, that uh, people seldom talk about abortion in a way that brings hope and comfort to those who have been hurt by it. And it's women and men that we rub shoulders with every day, because I think the statistic still is that one in four American women will end at least one pregnancy by age 45. And then almost like 43% of them will go on to end subsequent. And so we're rubbing shoulders with, with these, these, these women and men who have open wounds. And so through our words, we, we can either, you know, bring shame and condemnation or we can make light of their feelings. And so I feel like we all, whether we do this for a living or not, we can all create a culture of life by the words that we use and be mindful of that person's story that may be listening to us or that woman 
in who's checking us out at Walmart if they still have checkers at Walmart. I don't know. But anyway, at the grocery store. <laughs> I'm maybe, not sure either. You know? <laughs> yeah. So we, um, you know, we may be having a conversation with a friend who's behind us. But what about that woman who's checking us out? What's her story? Does she have the pain of abortion in her past? Or did she just find out that she might be pregnant? Are our words going to bring hope and life and comfort to her? Or are they just going to prove a point that we want to make? So I feel like we all have an opportunity, whether we do this for a living, like I do, or we do it just as a part of being one of God's children and we create that culture of life around us in everyday conversations. Gay Tillotson is my guest. This is Ready to Stand, Spirit Catholic Radio Network. Uh, I like what you were just saying a minute ago about how we don't often talk about abortion in this way. And you were talking about, I think, in kind of a personal way. So so I think a lot of times what happens is we talk about it in a political way or we talk about it in a we're talking about other people kind of way. And what I like about what you said and what I like about what the Collage Center does is it takes those conversations and brings them home into an encounter. It makes them personal. And if you could maybe just share a little bit about the Collage Center and kind of what you offer there. Yeah, well, you know, I think we do everything we do because we believe that every single one of us has beauty and value. We believe that because, first of all, we were created in the image of God, and that's what gives us the value and the worth that we have. But we believe that so much, though, that we want to be a safe place, a safe place for those who may find themselves facing the reality of a sexually transmitted disease or an unexpected pregnancy or even a struggle with a past pregnancy decision like we've been been talking about. And what we want to do is to be able to help them to realize that no matter um, if it's because of the choices that they made or the choices that somebody else made, no matter how broken we may feel, that there is beauty and value that nobody can take away. And we just have to rediscover it sometimes. So our promise is really pretty simple, that we're going to be a safe place. We're going to be a place of hope and restoration for those facing an STD, an unexpected pregnancy, or like I said, a struggle with a past pregnancy decision. And we do that, Colin, by providing community-funded medical services, like you talked about, the STD testing and treatment, the pregnancy testing, and limited OB ultrasounds. And we kind of take a a holistic approach. And what I mean by that is we have a unique opportunity through the medical services that we provide to meet the physical needs of our patients. And as we get to know any other needs, we can offer support with emotional, relational, and even spiritual aspects of their lives. And we've seen the difference that it makes in people's lives when they have somebody to walk alongside them and to to listen for as long as it takes and to help unravel their fears as they figure out what their next best steps may look like. And so all of the services that we provide are at no cost, thanks to our community. And the services that we provide really do help us to meet people at a crossroads of significant decision-making and really reposition them to thrive in life the way God intended to. And that's why I got involved in it all those years ago. And it just thrills me that 
we're able to come alongside people who often feel like they have nowhere else to go and make a huge, huge difference in their lives and in the lives of not only them, but their children and even the men that are involved. I mean, we talked about, about it earlier. I had, a, I had a, a gentleman come in one day to give us a donation and uh, he'd never been to the center before. So I gave him a tour and uh, we got to a place where there was, weren't a lot of other staff around. And I just, I looked at him and I said, you know, just out of curiosity, what is it about collage that makes you want to give your hard earned dollars? And even go so far as not to just drop a check in the mail, but to bring it by. And Colin, he looked me right in the eye, and his eyes began to well up with tears, and he said, it was a decision I made in 1972 to pay for my girlfriend's abortion. And if I can help even one other person from going through what I did and what the mother of my child went through, then it's worth it. Well, I mean, it's an incredible story. I mean, and I, I was thinking earlier, are there moments when you know that you're are in the right line of work? And I mean, that's, that's gotta be a moment like that, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And you know, it, with what we do, there are, um, there are some days where like, Oh my gosh, are we making a difference? It seems sure. like, yes. you know, everything we say is falling on deaf ears or we're seeing the same patients over and over again and seemingly not getting through. So and then <laughs> what is what is a typical response like for a woman or a couple who shows up and maybe they're they're scared. They're not exactly sure what's happening. And they come in yeah. and they they encounter this sort of a non judgmental we're ready to accompany you. What oftentimes is the response that you get from people who maybe are expecting something different from you? <laughs> you know, I love that because it goes right into our tagline of creating beauty from the unexpected. Um, that's what we get to do. That's what we want to come alongside others to do is in the midst of their unexpected, there is beauty that is there waiting to be created. And it starts for us when they, they go online and they search abortion in Kearney or Grand Island and collage pops up and they see our website and they think, oh, well, gosh, they don't have like a whole bunch of babies on their website. They don't have like scripture verses on their website. This looks like a, a place that I can actually go and feel like they'll listen to me. We've had women call in who call who think they can come to have an abortion at collage because they feel so safe in coming to us. And then so they reach out in an email or they reach out for a phone call to set up an appointment and they get a very gracious, loving response saying, sounds like you're going through a really tough time and we will help you in any way that we can. And we'll come alongside them. They'll walk in through our door and they're like, wait a minute, am I in the right place? This doesn't look like a, like a, cold, sterile medical clinic. It's warm and it's inviting. Everything is so unexpected. When they get in to be able to have their, their pregnancy test or their ultrasound with people who genuinely love them, who are drawing them out in conversations. We call it the art of curiosity. We're not there to tell people what to do. Our intent is to draw them out and to give them what it takes so they can figure out for themselves that yes, indeed, carrying their child to term is absolutely the best thing, not only for their child, but for them. But if we come out and say that right off the bat, 
they're just gonna they're gonna shut us down. One of my favorite things to hear. In fact, I I heard it just recently again. We had a couple of young gals come in. Friend was in having a pregnancy test, and I started up conversation with her friend who was waiting for her. And I said, you know, just out of curiosity, how did you guys even hear about know about collage? And she said, well, she said when I was pregnant, I came here. And she said, to be honest with you, I don't remember everything you guys told me, but I remember how I felt when I was here. And that's why I wanted to bring my friend here. People feel the love of God when they walk through the doors of Collage, whether they realize it's the love of God or not. And we're going to love on them genuinely, help them to figure out what their next right step is, through the medical services that we provide, through the, the education that we provide. So many girls feel taken advantage of when they don't get the education that they need, say, for instance, on the abortion pill or on an abortion procedure. We're going to go there with them. We're going to empower her with education because we believe that if they're given accurate information in a very loving manner, they're going to make good decisions. And again, not just for them, but for their unborn children as well. What is the art of curiosity, and how did you come to realize that that was the best approach to take? Oh, that's a great question. So uh, we actually had a pastor uh, give us a a workshop on that. And it's it's honestly, it's just engaging with people, asking them open-ended questions, helping them feel like we care more about them than we do about what we want to share with them. And it's so it's, it's, it's letting people, even though they may be so opposite of what we are, but asking them questions, drawing them out, helping them to feel loved, which hopefully is, is coming to us through the love of God, through us, to them. We want to be Jesus with skin on them, and we're going to encounter that woman at the well just the way that Jesus did. We're going to encounter that woman that was caught in adultery the way that Jesus did. And we're going to engage her in a way that she genuinely feels loved and that at some point in time she's going to realize that, you know, the, it's kind of like in the movie The Chosen. I don't know if you've seen that, but Mary encounters Jesus and she'd had a horrible lifestyle of just all sorts of sinful choices and she encountered Jesus and when asked about it, she said, I, all I know is that I was one way, and then, and now I'm another way. And what happened in between was Jesus. And that's what we're going for. We know that when people walk in, we're going to love and accept them for who they are, knowing that Jesus is the one that's going to work in their heart and help them to get back the way that he created them to be. That is beautifully stated. I love it. Gay Tillotson is my guest, executive director of the Collage Center. You guys do such beautiful work, but I know it's not always easy. Mm. What is the most difficult Uh, part? Oh, you know, honestly, Colin, I think, uh, I think right now, and even through conversations that I've had with other directors around the state, um, our team, um, the things that they hear now, the things that are that they're exposed to um, by the girls and the guys that are walking into our clinic, uh, 
it's like it's different than anything that I've ever experienced. I used to say, you know, I pretty much heard it all. And I can't say that anymore, Colin. The brokenness of people when they come in is almost unbelievable. And so the people that work on our team, they're very compassionate, very, oh, they, they feel what the other person is. They're so empathetic. And over a period of time, there is what's known as compassion fatigue. You know, it's just like they wear the hurt of those people coming in. And so we do trainings and we try to help each other to understand that, you know, Jesus says, you know, my yoke is easy and my burden is light, you know. And yet, because we love so deeply, it's hard not to carry those. And so the hard part is when we see you know, women, I just had a conversation recently of a woman who had been trafficked, and actually as an as a end result of that, um, she experienced abortion and had a very horrific, horrific life. And she called me yesterday because she had questions and hurt because of an additional hurt in her life. And it's like, it's so beyond what I can comprehend in my own mind and what our team works with. And so seeing what's happening to God's chosen people, the ones that are created in His image, what they're going through, and being a source to help them, to come alongside them, to encourage them, to try to instill that courage and that value in them to make healthy choices. Um, It's hard over a period of time. It really is. And the only way we can get filled back up is through Christ. But it's very, I would say that's the hardest thing, and that's because of what the people that we're seeing, that we're seeking to minister to, what they're going through. It just breaks our hearts. Well, and that's how you know you're doing the work of God, too, though, because think about the role that Jesus had when he came into the world. It was to heal brokenness, right? I mean, it was to reach a hand to those who were hurting. That's exactly what you're doing uh, I think your work yeah. is blessed. I love it. We are unfortunately out of time, Gay, um, but I really, really appreciate it. Uh, folks want to learn more about the Collage Center. Where can they go? Uh, you can just go to our website, collagecenter.com, or our Facebook page, um, uh, Collage Center. So either one of those would be great. All right, Gay Tillotson, Executive Director of the Collage Center. Gay, thank you so much for the work that you do, for the beauty that you're bringing to the world. And again, thank you so much for taking the time to join me today. Oh, Colin, thank you so much. Colin at KVSS.com is the email, C-U-L-L-E-N at KVSS.com. You can visit spiritcatholicradio.com slash ready to stand for more information on this program or to listen to any past episodes. Keep the dial tuned right here to Spirit Catholic Radio, Catholic programming around the clock, helping you encounter Jesus. Ready to stand will return next Saturday at five o'clock. Of course, you can catch the Encore Sunday at 5.30, and we will talk more about how to build a culture of life. In the meantime, God bless you. Be ready to stand, and as always, be not afraid. You've just heard Ready to Stand on the Spirit Catholic Radio Network. Send your questions and comments to Cullen at kvss.com. That's Cullen, C-U-L-L-E-N, at kvss.com. Be ready to stand every Saturday afternoon at 5 
and Sunday afternoon at 530. 